and I must keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim and this is episode 384. I'll be joined by Jason in just a minute. We only have two books this week. We end up not having a ton of books that we're dealing with from Marvel and Marvel a little less books in general this week after a bunch of weeks where they had a landslide of books. But before we get into that, let me tell you to go over to the Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. 100%. Then go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Check out our Instagram at Weird Science Comic. And then finally go to our Patreon to support us for everything we do here on this feed and get plenty of exclusive podcasts in return. And that is patreon.com slash weird science. One of the big things that we do each week is our exclusive badass picks Patreon spotlight. The badasses that get fresh crew are, are, they end up picking two books from that week's books, and that's what we talk about on the exclusive Spotlight show. And not a lot of books out, and what they ended up picking was Amazing Spider-Man number 20 or 92 Bay. Got a little dyslexic there, and also Carnage number one, the Ram V book. So two pretty big books over there. That's already done. You can listen to it right now. Go over, sign up, whatever level, and then listen to a bunch of shows, some other things. That we do that are marble based just to let everybody know me and my man Matt Razor who does the Star Wars podcast with me me and him do a crisis comic book power hour is what we call it. it's a crisis event podcast this past week we ended up doing Secret Wars number 10 at the moment we're going through Secret Wars on the Marvel side and switch back each week then with the crisis on Infinite Earths when we're done that we're actually going to do the George Perez JLA Avengers crossover that will be coming up in a little bit we're real excited to do that some other things that I do over there Marvel based we have an ultimate Marvel comics podcast where I'm going through the ultimate Marvel universe I am at ultimate Spider-Man number 11 so I just ended up doing that and I'm using a reading order so it's jumping around coming up after I get done ultimate Marvel comics or ultimate Spider-Man number 13 then jump to the Electra and the Hawkeye stuff, which I've never read. So I'm excited about that. And there's a bunch of other things, a ton of things over there. Yeah, go check it out. It'd be great if you could check that whole deal out. When you sign up, you do not get charged right away. You'll only be charged if you carry on now into April. So you can get a bunch of weeks to check things out for free and whatnot. But hopefully you'll want to stay because there's a ton of things. But that's enough of the commercials. Let's go off to me and Jason talking, as I said, a couple books. We have Avengers, and then we have a Reckoning or tie-in that we really liked. You'll see that we are really, really excited about that. So here we go. All right, and I'm here with my man, Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. How are you this fine day? Lovely, lovely. And we only have two books. We only have two books here to talk about on the main podcast. Uh, We ended up already talking about the stuff on the Patreon, as I yes, already mentioned. We ended up doing The Amazing Spider-Man, which is weird not having it on the regular podcast. That's something that hasn't been picked 
by the badass yeah, and it of won't Get Fresh Fruit. It won't be on next week's podcast either because I think there's a week off in between this last Bay issue and the finale of the whole Beyond We'll era. have to see because that if that's the case, it won't be on the next week either because the next week is an annuals week and we oh. are going to be Patreon only. So, oh my goodness gracious. Not a lot of Spider-Man coming no down the pike here on the regular field. There are no limitations. And we'll talk more about that Better, better next join week. that Patreon, guys. Exactly. Get over there. But with that, we have two books. We have, you know, two books that are big, but one feels bigger, but yet not necessary. All these things rolled up into one, but we're going to start with Avengers number 54, written by Jason Aaron. With art by, and I'm trying, I hate how they do these credits for this book. Art by Oana Afregiri, colors by David Coriel, letters by VCs Corey Petit. And you end up, and I'll do the recap a little bit here, but this book is, we keep saying it, The Avengers Forever is the big book. The regular Avengers book seems to be a side deal. And in it this issue. Not going anywhere. It kind of, yeah, it, it chug, chugs along very slowly. It feels like this whole this whole arc could have been one issue. Yes, and so with that, at the end, because this is because the this is the end conclusion. of the arc. This is yes. the conclusion, and it does look by seeing and reading at the end the the cover for the next issue and stuff. It seems like it'll go off to do its own little thing then, and not be so tied into this. I guess. Well, we'll get to that at the end. But when you end up having this conclusion. Is Jason Aaron like really trying to convince me and you that this was something so stupendously big that, oh, my God, because even at the end, it's like, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Nothing ends up really happening except, boy, the Avengers, they they avenged. They they gathered together, you know, and and I'm like, yeah, they assembled. All right. But if you just listed the things that happened, there are a couple things that happen. You say, okay, those are those seem pretty big. But in, in the moment, it feels that weird. Big. No, and, and so I've liked the Avengers Forever story in that book way more than I've liked pretty much all of the Avengers run by Jason Aaron. So that kind of is my Avengers book anyway. So I'm not even expecting that much from this, but holy moly. Uh, Multiversal Masters of Evil have formed comprises the deadliest villains of their respective realities. The group has been ravaging entire worlds in their bid for power, opposed by a group of reality hopping. Deathlocks dispatched by the mysterious Avenger Prime. The Masters of Evil executed a multi-pronged attack against the Avengers and Deathlocks on Earth 616. Captain America, Captain Marvel, and Starbrand were ambushed in Kansas City, where Starbrand's use of her powers abruptly aged her into her teens. On Asgard, Thor, Iron Man, and Echo fought the Destroyer, Dark Phoenix, and a Berserker Thor variant. And Doctor Doom and a young Thanos assaulted Avengers Mountain. Uh, de- detonating a massive explosion before escaping Now with that, that kind of spoils Like really, you just read that, you're out You, you don't even read, because some of this mm-hmm. ends up with it going So you end up like Even the Kansas City stuff Because we start with Cap, Captain Marvel, Starbrand And the Deathlock coming back in the Quinjet deal And I just keep thinking to myself Like that wasn't even that big for me To even barely remember it if you and if it wasn't yeah, so in the, the recap, the whole deal is in, in the past. I don't know, seventy-five issues. All that's happened is these multiversal masters of evil show up and try to kill all the Deathlocks. We don't know exactly why, because the Deathlocks are here to deliver some sort of a warning. It is. It's killing the messenger, right? But the message is already delivered. So yeah, I, don't I know. know. I don't know what the Deathlocks, what their mission still is. Well, with that, they actually at the end. They're all dead here. No, not all, but still. But in this, you end up having like, okay, we did get 
star brand from a baby to a teen, but you're not really doing much with that. Uh, you know, and so that just seems so. You're not yeah, going to have she, a baby running around and yeah, fighting. She, so. she still doesn't feel like she's a long-term Avengers character. She just kind of feels like she's going to be written out of this book any minute now. We'll, we'll see. And so when you're getting this, again, things that are played out like, oh, my God, there's so big. Like the characters in this are telling me it's big, but I'm not feeling it. And also, I have to admit, by the end, I think that somehow Jason Aaron really must be sitting there. He's writing his stuff up and he's like, you know what? I'm going to have a lot of feels in this issue for the Deathlocks. And I'm like, really? You, you think that? I mean, the idea that all the Deathlocks are dead, it, it doesn't matter like to me. I'm like, they're Deathlocks. What the hell? I do like this progression, though, where... Oh, this patron made me laugh. Yeah, these Deathlocks have no luck. So no. they're there. <laughs> and he's like, listen, Starbrand, you ended up sacrificing <laughs> years of your life. Again, though, it's a Starbrand thing. So I'm like... Eh. Right. Is she going to live forever anyway? So exactly. Is she, that's my point. So she's like, growing up. Does that mean that she only has a couple power uses left? Because I don't think that's how Starbrand I, I works. Don't, I don't either. So I think that he's like, listen, you sacrificed those 10 years of your life. You know, you're going to live to 10 million and three, but still those 10 years. <laughs> you did it. And he's like, I will I will follow you. And at least you didn't live inside a volcano with a crazy version of yeah, your father. Really, that would worse. be crazy. And so yeah. I will sacrifice whatever it takes. I'm there for. Oh no! And you get that dark hammer. Just go right through him. I <laughs> thought that him. was hilarious. Most of would laugh like I laughed at that. Yeah. I vow I will do all within my power as a Deathlock. Which you know, how much power is that really? To make certain your sacrifice was not in smash. Yeah, really. And so God. the funny thing about that is, is that it, it is funny. I mean, but is, yet, yeah. but yet it's supposed to be big. By the end, it's like, oh, woe is us. All the Deathlocks are dead. I'm like. I don't know. Kind of was funny at the beginning. I, I kind of liked it. But this is that dark Thor with mm-hmm. that version of the Phoenix coming after Echo, who has the Phoenix Force, and our Thor, the 616 Thor. This just goes back and forth and back and forth through the whole issue with the idea yeah, we that we just got Thor, a battle of the two, of the, the, the Phoenix and Thor against Phoenix and Thor. And again, it's leaning really heavy, heavy into Thor not wanting to accept the Phoenix, not wanting to work with the Phoenix. You're not my mother. My mother wasn't this. My mother wasn't that. Gaia's my mother even says I use Gaia, you know, Odin, all that. And then with that, yeah, the darker version of Thor has accepted the Phoenix power and it's made him dark. All these things going down. And even the darker Phoenix says, Hey, listen, all the Thors, you know, do your mumbo jumbo. I, this is what they end up because they'll always come back to their mama. And I'm like, all right, you know, we don't like that. Not a lot of people like that idea. Jason Aaron is still holding on to that, still holding on. And I think that when you get to the point where Echo ends up saying, you know, hey, you, you are what you always were. I don't think that we're ever going to get the full out, you know, proclamation by Jason Aaron of saying, oops, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Phoenix isn't the mom. I think that that's the play of, hey, if you wanted like that, you can pretend it's still there, whatever, because we're not getting that. Like a lot of times in these books, I'm not sure if there's been great coordination behind the scenes or we're setting up something to come together later or if nobody's talking to each other and it's just a contradiction that nobody picked up. Because several issues ago in Thor, the whole way he won his battle was by accessing the power of his true mother, Gaia, and using the Earth powers to win. And in this book, he accesses the power of his true mother, Phoenix, and that's the only way he wins in this book. 
So is this going to be resolved, or is I don't it just a is. mistake that you're just going to sweep under the you know, I think that basically it's just that he can use the Phoenix Force if he wanted to because, I mean, Phoenix is there with him, and she might even, they could just say I mean, that he, that's a, it's what a big he feels. Thing. If Thor always had the power of the Phoenix, that is a huge deal in the Marvel Universe, but I can't imagine that's going to be the new reality going forward. Yeah, again, I think that they could play it off as if he doesn't really always have it, that he can use it here because she's there with him and they accept I don't know how he goes, but this is the thing. Who knows? Jason Aaron has already, we've had things in his books that he doesn't play along. You have other writers at Marvel too. Dan Slott, he doesn't pay attention to anything anybody does. You have Nick Spencer, who rarely paid attention in his deal. And I always said, you know, coming into the Marvel thing later than a lot of other people that are listening to this, the way I play it out is there's more of a continuity within books than an overall continuity. I don't ever see but it's that so much of a deal going at on. At the same exact time, in two separate books, they're setting up Thor's real mother as a main plot point, and they're not agreeing. So, it really, I would really hope that it's going to all be resolved soon. But I think the resolution is when Echo says you're what you always were, and then they're just going to go from there, and Thor it's will never like, reference it ever again. Must, must be and, Thor reborn? Is that what yeah, you're dealing with? I'm saying I just think it's if you like. Jason Aaron's stuff, you can go with that because obviously he had a huge run of Thor. So you could go with his stuff or you go with Donny Cates. A lot of people hate Donny Cates too. I mean, everybody has their little deal that they go with, especially with these characters that are switching on and off with these different big writers. And I, I don't think they are coordinated that well. If they do end up saying at one point, you know, I think they'll make some convoluted crap up of like, well, it's kind of this, but not really a mother, but a surrogate mother. And then this was this and that was this. I don't think it all ever will be resolved fully with the idea, because that would mean Jason Aaron would have to say, oh, I, I done messed up. That that was not a really great play. Most people don't like the idea of the Phoenix stuff. So if something's going away. It would be that they'll just say, you know, stop that nonsense. So it would be funny if all of a sudden he uses the Phoenix force from his other mother to fuel the new Mjolnir, and I, I don't know because again, I mean, you have this here. They don't share any editors between the two books, so I don't know. And in my mind, it plays off like we always joke around that there's the you know the lunchroom where all the writers end up going, and thing, it kind of right. ends up being the you know Breakfast Club type deal. And Jason Aaron's on one side; he's making fun of Donny Cates. Donny Cates is pissed. He's yelling at, at there, and they're all going. And, and of course, like the way Jason Aaron plays himself, he's hanging out with like the heavy metal crew. Like they're over there, and there's Donny Cates with the artsy people. They don't get along. So they're, they're not going <laughs> to talk got, to each you other. You got the theater nerds and the band. Exactly. Geeks you got it all going on. The jocks are over there. You know, the way that I think Jason Aaron's trying to fudge this through is it's not the acceptance fully of phoenix as his mother it's acceptance of echo as phoenix as an avenger because that seems to be the big play he is now teaming up with echo as the phoenix which he didn't want to do thors don't do that you do have that like i said the dark phoenix like oh you know they always get their mama but all of a sudden they use that and thor has been so against echo and so mm-hmm. against the phoenix they just take them down here and then thor says you know what you are echo you're an Avenger. Let's roll. And I'm like, yeah, that's force. It's too quick. Yeah, it did not did not feel natural. Like I said, I think that he's playing more of the idea. Well, we won't go fully into the mother. We'll mention it, but it's more of the acceptance of 
Echo as the Phoenix and being part of the Avengers, but, you know, let's roll because they're going to have to gather. I love at this point all this battle and all these things going on, but all the crap going down at Avengers Mountain as it seemingly is burning up and you end up having Namor oh, it's and collapsed. Red Panther it's, it's gone. holding it up. And yeah, so it, the, the two of them are holding up the entire mountain. I, the whole mountain. And I'm like, come on. I, I keep so, wanting to call him Red Panda because he looks like a Red Panda. And, and with that, I want Jane as Valkyrie to look because she does have that Valkyrie sight in her book where she can see if they're going to die. Sure. There are huge skulls over Namor <laughs> and Red Panther. I'm well, telling you, they're huge. The crazy thing. I mean, they're holding up the mountain. And she says, OK, hold the mountain really still because I need to do surgery here on this deadlock who has a huge hook right through his entire <laughs> freaking head. Yeah. So right I said. I don't think the patient's going to pull through here, Doc. No, no. I love the idea. She says there's large pieces of shrapnel that have to be excised immediately. No, no. You don't. <laughs> Here's the thing. Brain. The, my idea is you don't have to take the shrapnel out of Deathlock. You got to get Deathlock out of the shrapnel. I mean, the <laughs> shrapnel is the thing that's going to survive. He's destroyed. And uh, this is the idea. The all weapon drives me nuts already with the idea that it can be anything. It's the all weapon, right? And so she's attacking that. Whatever she's attacking the, the deathlock, not yes. being dead, so she does that. As you continue, as this is going, you have that long fight. The, the Phoenix stuff. Now, this is the deathlock who, at the end of the previous issue, was trying to kind of mind meld with the Celestial, and as far as we knew, it, it didn't work. That was when it ended. It's like, oh, I guess I'm all dead now. And then, so then he's trying, to they're trying to do that. They're trying to save this one deathlock. And again, when you're thinking of it in the thing, and this might be naive of me, but I kept thinking, why? I we got the message, we got the letter, and these guys, whatever. Oh, we got to save him. We got to save them. Now, in the meantime, you have Doom Prime. He is talking his crap. You have, you know, Kid Thanos. They run into yeah, so Mephisto. Kid Thanos and Doom were the ones who blew up. The uh, the mountain, and now they're kind of just taking a nice view of it from a, a mile away or so, and looking at the mountain burning. Yeah, they're they're going, they're going to leave, but before they leave, they have to go and they talk to Mephisto, and Mephisto yeah, is Mephisto, there with the Iron Inquisitor, yeah, the Iron Inquisitor, who's the Tony Stark's dad from another reality. Yeah, they're just standing there, and this ends up again this twisting and turning of this because they're the bad guys. You know, you end up having Doom and. Thanos that they they you know spoilers they leave they they don't get stopped they go off so nothing really happened here except a lot of Deathlock's dying but I love this idea with Mephisto where he twist and turn they try to make it like well we didn't go against our plan because we didn't change the timeline area I'm like really like you were told not to do anything yeah here. so it's it, it's kind of you know, looking at the rules, lawyering the rules about exactly what the Mephistos told them not to do. Because they haven't killed any Avengers, they haven't gone back in time. But they say, hey, all we did was we were chasing the Deathlocks. The Deathlocks were after us, so we have to get them. And the Deathlocks came here, so we just followed them, and this is where they happen to show up. So we ha we haven't broken our agreement. Yeah, they're like, read the fine print. We didn't do this. He's like, ah, whatever. I don't care about that. Mephisto's not concerned. Like, what I'm concerned about is that they're there's poor Orb just sitting there with the Watcher's eye, they say. And so you get this, again, like retroactive to make this the big moment. Oh, my God, Doom ended up blasting Orb. Well, now Mephisto says, I want the eye. And you could unblast him here. And don't tell me you can't because mm -hmm. I know you can. He's not unblasting Orb. He is unburning the eye. Well, that's what he says. I mean, that's the thing they want. They want the eye. And so he, he blasted it, though. And he says, you could redo it. 
And he does, and then you just get doomed, take a big, it's like hand fruit. He gets a bite of it and says, I know everything. It's disgusting. And then gives it, you know, where there's Mephisto. And I'm like, again, I I don't get the, you know, this doesn't feel as big as I think it's supposed to be. Does he want the eye for himself? Does he want the eye just not to be burned? Because now Doom makes the eye, but then takes a bite out of it. So is that undoing what he just undid? I don't think so. I think that you just eat. They make it seem you eat this and you know everything. It's, you know, the whole idea where Doom says, "Ah, I didn't care. I know everything anyway. Ends up biting it. It seems like Mephisto's like, eh, I could still use this. He's going to eat it and says, how many bites till I get the answer of all the things going down and how this comes to be? Like I'm like, owl trying to figure out how many licks to get the center that's of the what I, pop. I said the yeah. whole time. I'm like, a one, a two, a three. And <laughs> a three it is. Uh, I actually brought that up this past week on the DC thing because we were talking about blow pops. And I'm like, I've never actually licked a blow pop. To the point where it got down to the gum. I've never been able to not just bite it and eat it. I'm <laughs> crazy. So, but yeah, so they, they do that. So you get the resolution of the big thing, Masters of Evil, Mephisto, all that is just eh, Doom and Thanos left. At one point, Kid Doom was, or Kid mm-hmm. Thanos was going to fight the Iron Inquisitor who says, grow up some and get some stones and come back. All right. Yeah. See you and later. It, it looks like the orb is now just tossed into the ocean. Yeah, I, I just, I don't even know. I mean, with that, you end up having orb himself, yeah, thrown into the ocean. I, but with that, they end up where, okay, we're gonna get this Deathlock back. We know that Robbie yeah, Reyes all, all is not Avengers around. All the Avengers wind up at Avengers Mountain, and there's this this weird scene with Namor. Did you understand the scene? I guess just they want Namor to be on the team now, and they have no real way to say it makes sense because he's been their bad guy all this time. I don't know time. what Cap wants. Does Cap want Namor to stand trial for doing all no, the sorts of bad things to the No, I think he's just saying we have to keep an eye on you. You're in Avengers custody. I think this is just a roundabout way to get him on the team without trying to say, that's bullcrap. Cap would never let him on the team after all the things that he did. Now it's just, we have to watch you, and then Namor's all for it. It's just this weird... But it does seem like he's on the team. I didn't understand the motivations of the different characters and what they wanted and who's agreeing to what. Yeah, yeah. So Namor's like, I'm with that. And hey, shake on it, Cap. And Cap goes with fist clenched. He doesn't like what he has to do. Call me Captain Rogers. I'm like, whatever, Cap. Get out of here. And then Black Panther, back to being Black Panther here, says, I hate you too, Namor, you jerk. And there we go. <laughs> he changed out of his fancy jammies and back in his red jammies. The, the Red Panther may have been a little more forgiving to you, Namor, but I'm back to being Black Panther, and I have spies all over this joint. <laughs> I hate you. And then you but, end up having the Deathlock the, the, on the, the deal. The Black is much more slimming. Yeah, so yeah, it around. is. And and also he's you know he's aggressive here. He's he's mad. So you end up having the Deathlock then seemingly again tuned into the whole Avengers Mountain. And that ends up making it seem like it's now going to be like we're going to get this Kaiju Avengers Mountain become part of right. this whole so deal. But apparently it did actually work at the last second. The Deathlock was able to make contact with the dead Celestial. And I, I guess that's what a Deathlock is, right? It's a dead thing that has it's a, it's almost like a dead man situation. Yeah. And so with the computer thing tied in. Yeah. So you, you plug them in and now they're like, all right. It's a cyborg dead man. And the big thing is, oh my God, the Avengers, we're going to need everybody we can get. This is not over. It's not even begun. All these things going. And that kind of does lessen the impact of everything anyway. I mean, what we got was Namor is now on the custody, kind of on the team, and you have Thor and Echo getting along, but we might also get a giant build-a-figure 
freaking version of the celestial that is Avengers Mountain come to life with the Deathlock in. But yeah, and it's like, I you will be avenged, my fellow Deathlocks. As an ending, I'm like, was, really? Was this maybe what the Masters of Evil were trying to prevent? Was the Deathlock merging with the mountain? Was that the goal well, all along? Well, again, if they were going to do that all along, why wouldn't they have just gone and centered just on that? They were there, I think, they thought, and when they left, all the Deathlocks are dead. I just think they wanted to make sure those Deathlocks were dead. This is going to be a bad idea of that the idea of he wasn't injured this might not have ended up happening but because of what they did it ends up i don't know but we'll have to see but all in all it seemed very small to me trying to play big by yelling and screaming and saying hey echo you're now an avenger i'm down with you i'm thor and then the rest of them hooking yeah, up a deathlock in a wonky way to felt get there. very unearned and inauthentic yeah everything did and so what would you give this i'm at a six out of ten yeah i'm a five five I just, again, this has been a side book, and then to try to, at the very end, twist it to make us feel like, oh my god, it was big all along. You didn't end anything. Doom and Thanos, they ended up leaving. Mephisto seems to get what he wants, and and now we're going to assemble. Yeah, the only real ending is the Deathlock controlling Avengers. And again, that's a setup again for probably, you know, what we'll have in Avengers Forever. We'll see how this continues on, because I said at the beginning, the next issue... Seems yeah, like see we're just going to do regular things and it's Heroes Reborn Nighthawk. But yeah, we'll get to the next book, which we do like a little bit better, which is what, Jason? This is Reckoning War Trial of the Watcher number one. It is written by Dan Slott, art by Javier Rodriguez, lettered by V.C. Joe Caramagna. And the recap is a group of alien warlords called the Reckoning have been supplying the universe's most savage alien races with high-tech weaponry Developed by the Watchers eons ago, war erupted across the universe, with the Fantastic Four and Earth's other heroes struggling to end the conflict. In the midst of the chaos, the Reckoning destroyed Earth's moon, home to Uatu the Watcher. However, Uatu survived and gathered his fellow Watchers together, urging them to break their vow of non-interference to correct the sins of the past. But the Watchers rebuked Uatu, imprisoning him and swearing that he would face justice. And this is pretty good. Uh, It's not necessary overall, but it's a fun issue. And we had the idea Watu got grabbed by his dad. They Mm -hmm. ended up telling him he's nonsense. We watch. We don't do. And this tie-in ends up, it's kind of a cool little idea where... Right. Doers is a scotch. Yeah, really. Exactly. It was a scotch that my uh, former boss used to drink a ton of. But (laughs) uh, that's just maybe that shade. I don't know. But you end up where uh, this is kind of a cool little concept. They end up grabbing Watu, who came to Tell all the watchers, hey, everybody, we got to stop a watching. We got to start a mm-hmm. doing because our sins of our past are coming back. The reckoning are here. They're using our tech, all these things that we gave out back in the day. We have to stop this. It's our duty. It's a, you know, morality type deal of we have to do this. It's they the said no. Yeah. yeah, they said no. We're not doing anything. We're going to keep watching because your darn meddling is what always leads to this nonsense. And they're going to do this trial type deal. And I didn't know that what they were going to do is say, listen, you sit there and all you do all day is think (laughs) of these fantasy things and playing as the what ifs then become Mm -hmm. more of a reality than ever they were, because that's just him doing his little deal. And it makes complete sense. And they don't like it. So they, they open his eyes like he's in a clockwork orange and force him to watch. And they say, hey, I know you think that when you interfered all these times, you're actually doing good. Actually, you screw the entire universe up. It's all your fault. So the whole book is just a what if of what if the Watcher 
had never stuck his finger into the pie. And and we occasionally get a little, you know, peek at this frame story to say, oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. But mostly it's just the Galactus trilogy retold, but with Uatu minding his own damn business. Yeah, mind his business. They put him on the seat of all knowledge and it, it freaks me out. It looks like a dentist chair. Yeah, it looks like a dentist chair. Then from behind, it looks like you're like in a worm type. Or yeah, like a like a carapace of a bug. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. It really does. And I love the idea of them saying, listen, we know what you do. You sit there, you're bored on the moon, and you sit there and like, hmm, what if Namor did marry? So let's (laughs) check out. He starts, and this is the stuff, not exactly getting his hands in the pie, but they think, oh, you like this. Well, how about this? How about we do your thing that you love? Let's show you. Here's the one what if you've never yeah. actually yeah. seen. You've looked at them all and you've seen all the channels. You've watched every movie on Netflix. You haven't watched this one. This is what if you minded your own damn business. It, it is. And it's like the idea that you, Jason, you're watching all the channels. But what you haven't watched is me filming you watching all the channels. But what if you didn't watch Twist. them? And I, I did like it where you go. And yeah, I like that. And the art is... It has a cartoony feel. It has a classic feel. It has like an, a combo of all these things. At first, it threw me off a little, but as we went on, I really started to like the art a lot. I like when you get that panel when they do end up having that deal of these are all the nonsense things that you were involved with. You, you have right. you have like vampire, zombie, Wolverine there. Mm-hmm. You know that old deal. You have Cap. You have Spidey on the Fantastic exactly. Four, the famous one. You have Venom as Punisher, which was pretty yeah. cool. Silver Surfer with the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, so you have all these just kind of there. And I like the idea where Dan Slott's using this. And he's not, this isn't one of those like, oh, we're going to go through all of these and we're going to do this and explain things. It's just a fun page there. But they say the big one, the thing that really, you really done messed up is when you got involved, when Galactus came against the Fantastic Four. Now, Uwatu this whole time is trying to, Convince them we have to stop the rat. We got to start, you know, stop watching, start doing, like I said. But then they're going to show him this huge thing where Awatu cannot even fathom that if he wasn't involved, that they could ever do anything. I mean, he was a big part of it. He kind of pushed the Silver Surfer to Alicia, a big part of that. He ended up getting Johnny, hey, by the way, you can get the ultimate nullifier here. He ended up telling Reed at the very beginning that anything was going on. So, so the Watcher thinks that he. He, the Watcher thinks that he saved the world here. He saved Earth. And at one point, I actually thought the play was going to be that, you know, Galactus ends up actually destroying Earth, but that made everything better anyway. Like, the idea that it would be where a Watcher still wouldn't believe. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. You know, this is Earth and these heroes. It, it's not that. A Watcher messed up. He, he messed up so bad because you end up having this going down. <laughs> it's it's like it's a wonderful life, but if George Bailey was dead, everybody would be happy. better. There's nobody yelling about, <laughs> why does he have my money in his house? Like everybody's there. All of a sudden, the whole town won the lottery. They they actually, they, George dies and they strike oil the next day. Everybody's rich. <laughs> yeah, it's crossover. They, they move to Beverly Hills. Yeah, they end up, yeah. nobody lost anything. And all was great. Uh, but yeah, so with that, you do have a cool, I love the art when the Silver Surfer comes in, you see all the satellites. For some reason, that really, 
It really looked cool to me. I know you covered the Galactus trilogy a while yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. But I, I went and, and reread those issues just after reading this, and it ties in so perfectly. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, because, this is uh, done well. The, the first thing the Watcher had done in that book was to make a bunch of fire appear in the sky and then make a bunch of rocks appear. And what he was trying to do was hide the planet from the Silver Surfer. Yep, he was trying to encase it so that the Silver Surfer would not, uh, it would just zip by, and then it didn't work. Right. But Which didn't that, fool him, cause cosmic awareness yeah, and all that Yeah, cosmic deal. So he doesn't do that, obviously. So there's Silver Surfer. He comes in, looking there with his butt cheeks there on his board, right? And <laughs> in that, I like yep, the those, idea. Those the butt cheeks. Reed yeah. now doesn't get word from Moatu that something's going on. He thinks there might be something, you know, I'm doing my lab stuff. And Yeah, in, in the original one, he was off in his lab. He wouldn't come out. Sue was pissed off at him for always being in his lab. But in this one, hey, he's got no one telling, talking to him in his lab, so he's out. He's helping to make dinner. It's already he's getting using, better. Isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's using an immersion blender, the most fun of all the kitchen implements. It I love my immersion fun. blender. It is pretty fun. Uh, I like, too, where he's there and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. Like, everybody's happy. And you end up where Reed's like, well, you know, cooking's kind of chemistry. And I hear that me and you got the chemistry there. Mm. So then they get a call from Nick Fury who says, hey. We got something going on. We need you to check it out. We have some problems here. And there's, I mean, I'm telling you, Uwatu's there as the back seat watching the what if, where he's, I told you, he would have known by now. This this would have been okay. <laughs> you ended up where almost Uwatu's like, listen, they're going to die anyway, but why are you so? And so you do see, and I, again, you have some pretty cool art little plays where you read Ghost oh, yeah. with the telescope this and you see his eye. Great. The, the, the Kirby tech all along the barrel, the telescope, you see the eye out front. That's a great page. Yeah, I, I really think that in this, the art really makes this fun to it, read. It really, it's not drawn exactly like a 1960s book, but it captures enough that's of the said, feel. That's the weird that thing. It, it, it wakes up that feeling of, oh yeah, this is what it felt like back then to read those books. Like, a lot of times they'll do this and they'll even get the dots gone. Like, they'll really try to push that. It's it's a cartoony version of it, but it does have that classic feel, and I think it's real fun. And Dan Slott gets these, you know, characters at this time very well. Yeah, not, I that, mean, not that the thing and Johnny have progressed much since, but it really is fun to have I mean, this Dan, going Dan on. Slot knows his Fantastic Four history. We he don't does. always like everything done with him now, but he is super tuned in to, to, to this character's classic era. Yeah, maybe that's the thing that maybe by the end irritates me a little bit, only the idea that, man, you really nailed this. And Come on, get nailing some more of this stuff because I've been in and out with the regular Fantastic Four book, but me and you have liked this Reckoning War. Actually, I think more than a lot of people. But yeah, Silver Surfer comes down then and he, you know, he goes down, he senses this, you know, energy and stuff like that, goes down and realizes, nah, you guys are all numbskulls. Like he, you think that at this point, maybe the Silver Surfer will, the change here is, oh my God, there is worthy people here. I, no, no, no. He's like, yeah. You guys are all. You guys just, still suck. You guys are Neanderthals. And then you, you get Thing doing what Thing does. He's like, really? You think that? I'm going to clobber you. And then <laughs> he just punches them through multiple buildings. As they did. And this is where, at a point, there's no nudge to go to Alicia. There's yes, no. Now, was, was that. Is this new? Because I didn't I know that the Watcher. I think this was a different way of doing did, this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it says in here that the Watcher. So in the original book. The surfer crashes into Alicia's apartment. And I thought that was just a coincidence. But in this book, it says that the Watcher nudged him there. And I think that's new in this book. And it might be. 
But yeah, you have to get the idea that he does not connect with Alicia. So the way that this, it could have just played out that instead of crashing, he just landed on the back. He talked building. to Alicia and she kind of convinced him that humanity is good and compassion is good. And that's why Surfer kind of switched allegiances and helped out the Fantastic The Four. best in this then is after this is done. In this continued what if, Ben doesn't get upset and sulk around New York City in his trench coat when he's so upset <laughs> that Alicia, like, oh, you like the Silver Surfer better than me. Uh, but so when you're doing this, yeah, there's no connection. There's no idea where the Silver Surfer is going to learn about humanity and see that they're worth saving. So again, watch you. I knew it. it it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad. Galactus then does show up. Lands on the Bexham building and just says, I'm going to eat this world. I'm going to eat it good. Exact same words as in the original. Yeah. Yeah. And starts building his machine, starts feeding his whole mm-hmm. deal. And so and it is fight is on. Uwatu says, do you see? Do you see now, Icor? This is this is what happens when you don't let me in- interfere. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's keep waiting a second. Let's keep watching. It's so funny because in this. Do you get the idea that Icor has watched it already just to make sure? Because <laughs> this, sure. Oh, this yeah. could blow up in his face <laughs> at the end. Like, oh, crap, you're right. But maybe that's the trial part of it. Maybe they should have spelled that out. Listen, we're going to check this out. And if it works out at the end, you know, for you being the good guy, then we'll do what you want. But whatever. But it doesn't seem that way. At one point, it looks like the Fantastic Four might die. But you get, you know, redo his little netting type deal and get them but everything has gone to crap also i love this play with the silver surfer not only does he not go to alicia who teaches them humanity is good he ends up falling in the streets of new york city and there's trouble the one guy's my effing car everybody's yeah. screaming like yeah. this is the worst change information yeah. <laughs> it's the worst like they could have went dan slot could have went real heavy on this of showing like just it was, this it was situation quick, but it, it was, was a fun. nice quick two panels and the, he crashes next to a car that says FF484950, which are the original Galactus issues. Which is cool. So, yeah, that what I what I needed just one little bit, and I'm surprised Dan Slott didn't do that, where Silver Surfer's trying to get his way. You have to have a New York cabbie yell it. So, hey, get out of the road, you schmuck. Yeah, like, yes, hey, look at you. And you didn't have that, I would have laughed. But, yeah, he ends up. Bored to me. I wanted also the people to be like naked silver yeah, bastard. What's this away. guy doing? The naked guy on the board. Uh, but yeah, he ends up sipping only off. in New York. Yeah, I love when he goes off and he's like half upside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, Galactus is full out. He's doing this, and again, it's played off with the stuff like Galactus. It does remind me a lot of something else we're doing on the Patreon right now, where you have the Secret Wars. Uh, the original one where Galactus was building his machine and everybody were gnats. It plays off a little like that as well, where he just boom and he sends them going. But in the meantime, it's kind of grabbing and, you know, kind of using the Baxter building and some of the tech of Reed to try to make its own thing there where Reed then has to figure out what we can do to stop mm-hmm. this, where the original Nick Fury, Nick Fury Sr., gets a hold of Reed and says, listen, I got my finger on the button. We can nuke this thing. And Reed, no, 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 he can't do that. I mean, he's in the middle of New York, but give us time. And you do see them trying. I thought it was pretty cool that Sue ends up where, yeah, it's kind of silly. But the idea that there's Galactus and he's trying to get the igniters he has to together. touch these two igniters together. Again, straight out of the original. Yeah, and he and can't. And so Sue's trying to keep them apart with her force fields. 
And, oh, uh, yeah, she, she should have kept her damn mouth shut because once Galactus knows it's her, <laughs> he zaps her in the face and, and blinds her. I mean, she is flat out blind. She's blind now. It's full out blind. And, again, when you see these panels, like, it does have that classic look, but not quite. And I really do yeah, like it, it. It looks leaning in the Kirby direction. Just yeah, the, just I like the way it. the kind of the, the Kirby face. I mean, there is one Kirby woman face, and they all kind of look the same. And this this is pointing in that direction. And so you end up where now, oh, you gnats, I got to take care of you. So he ends up getting his extermination droid to go after Ben. And then you have He's Johnny. He's the Punisher, but not that. The yeah, Punisher. yeah. This so is the Android Punisher. They're going to fight. It's a silly fight, but it's fun because Thing gets just mad. <laughs> He's like, I'm really going to clobber you, you stupid robot. In the meantime, Johnny... Is at the point where he thinks he's got to go full on. You know, you even have the Silver Surfer attack. All these things going on. So to do this, he flames on more than he ever has. And pretty much as a burn victim by the end. He ends up burning himself. First he goes supernova. And then the surfer says, what are you, you going to do that for me? For I fly through supernovas. I'm the damn Silver Surfer. So Johnny goes whatever is beyond supernova. And he does manage to knock down the surfer. But he also... Burns himself to a cinder. Uh, he can, he's all, horrible, horrible. It's, it's right? ugly. So you have Oatu again now, yelling, "I, I knew it! Like this is what I did. I gave I him the ultimate so. nullifier. This was the end. Like, why didn't you let this? Oh, this is the worst. Not that the again. This is a what if that he's watching, but he is getting upset watching this and saying, "This is not going well. I was right. You know all this. You do have a cool thing where everybody is running. You had Reed saying to Nick Fury, "Listen." Stop with the nukes. You guys evacuate this part of New York City. Things are bad. You can do that. And I thought this was awesome. I love this panel where Nick, first off, Nick Fury is just running through the streets screaming at people. But you end up having those flying cars, but mm. the classic <laughs> retro flying car. It, it looks oh, yeah. so cool. The, the convertibles. So yeah. cool. It says, we got enough room for all of you, which they clearly <laughs> do not. No, they don't. It, it looks like you see those pictures of like a, a, a train in some country where there's just people pouring off the sides and pouring off the top and they're just way over full. Yep. So there's big trouble. And there's a nice little classic dum-dum in the background. Yep. Let's and he's yelling. I love it. He's yelling like, dum-dum, you do this. You get there. You got it, chief. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Uh-oh. We have trouble because Galactus is getting this, you know, his device he's going. He activated is, his device. He's activated it. In the meantime, Reed. Desperately trying to figure things out And the colors go all neon crazy He is melting I mean legitimately melting And it is It's, it's gross It's gross But he is He actually makes the ultimate nullifier This is the big thing of this He actually is able to make it himself The, the whole machine is made He realizes that Galactus comes from before our universe existed So this machine is to kind of take This universe's energy and transmute it into something that someone from the previous universe could eat. So if you take that and you do a, you know, you, you reverse the polarity like you always do, you can, instead of making food, you can make poison for Galactus. So he makes basically a tuned ray that will only poison Galactus. And he warns him, he says, hey, Galactus, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a fair chance. You got to leave now or I'm going to take you out. And Galactus is not impressed. You know, in the original one, you know, we show him the nullifier. Galactus knows about the, the nullifier, and he, he he pieces out. But here he says, "I have no idea who you are. You're just some ugly melting." Yeah, because he thinks with, that they're nonsense. Yeah, and and again, I think that maybe it's it's kind of that he calls it. I mean, he says, "I got the ultimate nullification ray because it's going to nullify your ass." And then you end up <laughs> where 
this is the you know the pompousness of the Galactus saying you don't have any deal. You couldn't do this. You're peak right, human you're brain. Ass. So I think that the play is uh, instead of going getting the actual nullifier, which you would have him recognize as his own deal. You he thinks that there's no way this could work. This is nothing. You could call it whatever you want. He blasts him. He kills him. I mean, you're done. Galactus done. His corpse lying all over in pieces all over the top of the Baxter building. And even with that, you end up like Watchers beside himself then of the idea, like, how could he have done that? And oh, my God, because with that, they are going to then blast the Silver Surfer, who's like, oh, my God, you destroyed him. And like, oh, my God, can you shoot him? No, 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 it has to recharge, whatever. But this is what then allows the Silver Surfer to break free. I'm free. He's like, oh, my God, this is awesome. He's not mad. He's happy. Like, oh, so instead of just saying, oh, humanity is good. And I guess in, in the original, right, he was then trapped on Earth by Galactus. He wasn't allowed to leave for a while. And now Galactus is just gone. He can go wherever the hell he wants. And that, that, that close-up picture of his face is so perfect. Yeah, it is. And he's so happy. And he goes off. And then <laughs> it's so funny, the, hmm, <laughs> yeah, the idea where they go back. And you, you have a watch who just does not understand. You can't believe it. How the hell could it happen? That it actually, Reed Richards would have defected Galactus all on his own. But he's saying, you know, still, I'm still going to say I should have intervened because now the Fantastic Four is all messed up. They won't be able to be heroes going forward in the future. So still, I sh- so now the Earth is going to be destroyed by the next thing that comes along. So still, I was right. And then the other icon says, okay, let's. Let's keep watching. Yep. Yeah. And what makes me laugh is when his father's looking on. Huh. It's just, it's such like a father that he's like, so son, did your your deal work? I think my lesson here. Yeah. Like you said, you go and the Fantastic Four applauded. They mm-hmm. don't stop. I mean, the idea that a while too thinks that they're going to stop because they're melded and burned victims. I a thing got off. Pretty easy there. Well, he still got the crap beaten out of him. He's missing some stones. I'd rather go they, with that they than all the rest. Have, have medals like at the end of Star Wars, and they did give one to Thing, so they didn't shaft him like like Chewie. Yeah, I would think that Thing would be the Chewbacca, and he got one, so that's good. I mean, Reed, I'm not getting it. It's just horrific. The idea of this, and I don't know. They they almost play off to me now. All of a sudden, they're the Tomb Patrol with you know negative man. You got <laughs> yeah, so you it's end got up some of that. They ended up using their tech then and the nullifier that they made to nullify all nonsense of the world and to make everything oh, the great. World, the world is a paradise now. No one's hungry. There's plenty of clean energy. It, the world is perfect. It's it's that meme of oh, if you know the world, if something happened and they show that perfect future society. That is what's happening here. And it turns out that the Watchers screwed up the world. It would have been a perfect, peaceful place if only he had minded his own damn business. But alas, he did not. He's like, I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Even there is a funny thing where you yeah, have even the panel again where Sue was like, hey, what? Reed helping do the, the cooking? We must be in an alternate universe. And he sees that, but he's all upset. Wink, wink, yeah. And he said, so with all that, if you went further, usually what a writer will do is to show that, okay, when you get the deserts and irrigate them, that causes problems. <laughs> like, they don't go with mm-hmm. that. This isn't the right. idea. This, this is the opposite of the usual what if is what if something was different? And the answer is, oh, everything would suck if it was different. The world would be awful. But now it turns out that, no, no, this is what should have happened. Everything's great. So they end up with the idea where Icor 
walks out and like, all right, I proved my point. This is great. You have a watch. Oh, my God. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive yeah, me. I was wrong. Forgive me. Says a watch. Yeah. And then the idea where they then behind closed doors, almost closed doors, they're like, you know, Wachi was kind of right about some things, about the, the whole reckoning and things like that. Well, what should we do? Well, I think that we should just kind of let it go and we'll, we'll figure out what's there. And maybe something else will get involved, whatever. And then we do see Nick Fury. There's sounds like my cue and a very almost like a Saturday morning cartoon thing in my mind. Right. The idea Because Icor does say unseen forces in bold, which will see us through these dark times. And of course, Nick Fury is now the unseen. So he's spying on these watches. Yeah, and I think that maybe Icor might know there's something going. It almost feels like a speech to get somebody inspired to go because of the idea of seeing all that. And yeah, it's unfortunate. Now, that watchu stuff, they showed him a what if, but they can't change the things back. But they do admit, oh, this reckoning is trouble, so hopefully it'll be able to work itself out and then it ends and i thought it was really good not necessary really uh just the idea that you will have nick fury senior he's going to go off as the unseen to try to figure and, and you know do something about this but overall i had a really good time uh what oh yeah you, i love this book. yeah i thought it was really yeah, i good. thought just the it was surprising it was yet classic the art was that that nice evoking that old feeling while not being Overly leaning into look how old fashioned we're being. I thought it was a fantastic book. Yep, I have it. I have it at nine point five. One of my favorite I, books in a long time. I might have it at nine point five as well because. And really, what gets me is the cleverness of this. Of it's still just a what if book, but it's to prove the point to a lot to. So it makes sense in the Reckoning War. But you could just read this as just a. Hey, what if a watch you didn't get involved? And you see, yeah, and as, it's a as really a issue. You could, you could read really this book all well by done. itself and have a good time. And like you said, you going back and rereading the stuff, it does all, almost all, you know, the thing with the crashing to a leash or whatever. But all in all, it does do it really well. Some of the what ifs are, you know, you have a what if this and then it gets wonky and you don't have enough time to tell the whole story because a lot of the times, the what if, the ramifications you don't have time to really get fully into. You're rushing the things. Something that Brandon ended up saying a while back when we did a what if, where he said he didn't like what ifs because a lot of times you are just in and out too quick. You kind of get the concept. But this actually full out deal, you actually see all that and just at the end. To see the world just such a better place without a watch of getting involved, <laughs> it, it actually make, it makes you chuckle, but it makes you sad. For a while, yeah. for a while, yeah. really, this whole time thought that, oh my God, they're trying to prove a point, but here I am, I'm gonna do it. Uh, He's the world's greatest villain. He didn't yeah, even know it. Yeah, he didn't know it. So, uh, yeah, by the end, obviously, we only have two books, and this one did a little better than the Avengers. So, this is definitely our book of the week, correct? Oh yes, yeah. so beyond any of the ones we did on the uh, the the Patreon spotlight. Now, what yeah. is your gem of the week? My gem of the week is the What If Fantastic Four for making themselves blind and ugly in order to save the world. Yeah, I actually, I'm going to go with, I was trying to think, I'd almost want to say, like, the gem is Icor here to get that whole deal going, but I'm actually going to go full <laughs> He's of, kind of a bastard. You know yeah, who's yeah. my gem? And it's who's kind of gem? a funny thing because it's not a gem, but it's a gem. I'm going to go Silver Surfer at the end. When you end up having that where he's smiling, <laughs> okay. his smile yeah. is so genuine when he's like, it Galactus, is, it is. Galactus is dead? Galactus is dead? I'm, I'm out. He's when, like, I can't go. When do you go. see Silver Surfer's smile? I don't think I've ever seen and that. And actually going off to do what he always, 
always wanted to do is just fly around and see stuff. He, he is a guy who just likes to travel. And he, he hasn't been allowed to, so he gets to do it. So he is fully my gem of the week. What is your cover of the week? My cover week, again, we only have four to pick from. None of them were really super fantastic. Nope. I think probably the, the best technical art is the uh, the symbiote one. Yeah, the, the Carnage, Carnage one. number one. It, it's but funny. Again, I'm not, I don't really care about that, but if, if I were just grading purely art, I would have picked that. But my favorite cover of the week is from Avengers 54. It has, you know, it's a classic idea showing all the Avengers dead and has this this speech bubble coming out of a death lock. The speech bubble does it for me. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Like you said, the Carnage one, and you said it last week. It's funny that you mentioned this at one point. Like a lot of times covers might be impressive, but the cover is just, hey, look who's in the book, Carnage. And it doesn't really do much. Yeah. And the others where you have been leaning heavy on the Amazing Spider-Man. And it's not a great cover. It's not yeah. a great cover. So I'm I'm going to go. Speech Bubble won it for me for the Avengers as well. So that is a. It, uh, it, it puts the title of the book inside the Speech Bubble. Oh, that, was, that was clever enough to make me happy. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. So I'm with you. So that is that. So that is the All end right. of a very short podcast for what we've been doing lately. But the books that we're dealing with, not a lot. Uh, next week we have, and I didn't pull it up, but next week we have. A couple more, some bigger books and things like that. Like you said, though, no Amazing Spider-Man again next week, it seems. And then as we go towards the finale. And then a couple big things as well. Avengers Forever, I think, comes out. I'm going to start thinking that I know what's coming out, but I do not. Do you well, have the list here, still? Here's one. We have next, we have Avengers Forever number four. We have Shang-Chi number ten. Maestro World War M number two. We both love that yeah, number we one. Love the so number I'm looking one. forward to that. Yep, I am too. We have the finale of the Cap Iron Man miniseries, so that could be fun. And we have some other new stuff. We have some other new stuff coming up. And uh, we were talking. I think we're going to check out. We don't usually do the X Men books, no, because they are the whole other kind of universe. But there's a Wolverine patch number one of five by Larry Hama coming up. Yep, we're going to do that. Hama, I don't even know how to say Hama, it. Hama, I go with Hama. I go with Hama. We're going to check that out. Yeah, it's it's a classic, you know, set in the past, so it's not so tied in with Krakoa and all that silliness. So we, we're going to see if that's any fun. Yep, and is that it? There's not a lot again. There's not a lot coming out uh, when we, in the past couple, you know, month or so. Just tons of books. But we, yet, had some, we, yeah, we had some busy days. Yeah, yeah, so this not I'm so I'm sure it'll busy. come back around. It yeah. does. Oh, it will. So we'll see. And and just as a shout out, as we're recording this, on Thursday, the new solicits for June for Marvel would have hit by the time we're recording this, especially by the time people are listening. So you can check those out and see what new books and things coming out as well that we will be covering down the line. So with all that, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jason. Also, go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us. We'll follow you back. 100% follow back policy because we're gems ourselves. That's the only way that I can make us gems. And you can go (laughs) to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Also, our Instagram, weirdsciencecomic. And finally, our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where this week's Patreon spotlight picked by the badasses, the Get Fresh crew. The two books are Carnage, number one big deal and the amazing spider-man 92 bay issue uh we liked kind of i actually liked the bay issue more than you did so uh but yeah Yeah, the bay issue is an anthology it kind of ties up all the loose ends or in some cases sets up new loose ends to maybe be followed down the line so you'll probably find something that you like in there 
and probably something you don't. And the carnage, if you're into carnage and the horror stuff, that would be more of your bag. But right. if you've been following Carnage through all the miniseries he's been in, then you'll want to read this. Yeah. Carnage. So with all of that, though, what do we say at the end of the podcast? We Jason? say have a great week. Week. Keep it marvelous, marvelous. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.